Don't let a DUI charge ruin your life. Get a professional and confidential evaluation from our experienced team at True Heights Treatment. Our evaluations are accepted by the majority of courts in the state of Illinois and provide a comprehensive assessment of your substance use patterns and potential treatment needs. Get the help you need today and start your path to a brighter future. Contact us now to schedule your evaluation at 708-248-7039 or at thtdui.com. The George Brassy Podcast is made possible with funding provided from Brassy Global Strategies, LLC, a leading political consulting, public policy, government affairs, and research firm. Are you interested in running for elected office? Need advice? Call or email George, 708-769-5015. Brassy Global Strategies 1 at gmail.com. I'm so glad to welcome Alderman J.R. Patton to the podcast. J.R., how are you? Good, George. How are you? Thanks for having me. Very well. J.R., uh, let's get right into it. Tell the audience a little bit about your own personal journey that led you to becoming an alderman in Calumet City. Sure. So it's a journey that uh, it really started in you know late 2012, early 2013. At the time, I was doing a lot of campaign consulting around the south suburbs, and um, you know, Calumet City Mayor Michelle Quackenbush uh, called me up. We were introduced by a mutual friend. She asked me to come run um, her re-election campaign in, in the early part of 2013. Um, we had a great election, got all of our incumbents re-elected, and um, really built a good relationship and a good friendship with the mayor. And so she asked me to come join her and um, work in her administration with the city. So I spent about um, four years, you know, working by her side there in the city. And 2017 came around and the reelection campaign again. Uh, I took a leave of absence from the city to, to run the campaign again and realized that, um, you know, I really missed the day to day life of, you know, running political campaigns and working inside municipal government was just maybe not not for me. So I, um, I left the city, started my own consulting business. And shortly after that, um, the alderman who represented the ward that I lived in in Calumet City decided to retire. So the mayor called me up and asked me um, if I wouldn't mind coming back to help her out again and appointed me to the spot of sixth ward alderman on the city council. And 2019, I ran unopposed to to finish out the term that I was appointed to. And here we are getting ready to run for a full four-year term this February. JR, talk about the differences um, it was for you, the differences there is for you being an elected official compared to being an appointed official. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, there's, there, there's a number of differences. You know, I think one of the things that's made me, um, you know, such a good alderman and, 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 and honestly, it makes me, you know, the most qualified of the candidates running for six ward alderman this time is that um, that I had that experience working on the the appointed side, you know, within the administration, you know, during my time with the city, I spent time as, you know, the acting director of our public works department, spent some time as the acting director of our building department, um, you know, spent spent some time as the city's purchasing and personnel director. And so, you know, during my four years with the city, I had a chance to see how the city operates on a day-to-day basis and, and how, 
you know, the things that come before the council, you know, manifest, you know, in the, you know, in the mayor's office first and, you know, why, um, you know, certain issues, you know, come to the forefront. And so, you know, having the experience of having worked on both sides of, of the curtain, so to speak, um, you know, has really made me, I think, a better alderman um, for that experience. So tell me a little bit about where does James um, become interested in politics even before um, managing campaigns and uh, becoming the alderman? Were you interested as a kid? I find that uh, it was something that I was personally interested in as young as, you know, eight or nine years old. When does it, when does JR get the bug? Yeah, for sure. When I was a kid, I was always interested in politics. I remember um, the election of 2000. So I would have been 12 years old then. I vividly remember, you know, sitting in front of my TV, watching the election returns come in, um, you know, that November. When I was in high school, my stepmom, uh, who worked for the city of Chicago at the time, got me a summer internship um, with, with the city clerk's office in Chicago. And so I spent three summers working there. Um, and, you know, really just had always had an interest in government and politics, but never really thought about it as something, um, you know, that I could do as a career on the consulting side until um, until college. You know, when I graduated high school and I went to the University of Illinois, I went into the School of Architecture, um, wanted to be an architect. It took me about, you know, 12 weeks on campus my freshman year to realize that I didn't want to be an architect I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do, but I knew that wasn't it. And so, um, you know, after my first year at the U of I, I came home and spent a year at community college just trying to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And in that time, I took a state and local government class that just fascinated me. Um, and then I went to work for um, Debbie Halverson, who at the time was the majority leader in our state Senate. She was running for Congress. Um, I went to, to work for her congressional campaign and just fell in love with, you know, campaigning and, you know, everything that goes into running a political campaign. And that was kind of where it all took off for me. What would you say the biggest differences are um, in running a local election campaign as opposed to a congressional campaign? Huge, huge differences. I actually was just having this conversation with uh, a local candidate the other day, um, you know, <laughs> I love, you know, I love the work that we do. You know, we've, you know, at my firm has worked on, you know, races of all shapes and sizes. We've done, you know, local school board races all the way up to, you know, a number of U.S. Senate races. And I think we did, you know, 14 or 15 U.S. House races last cycle. And they're all fun and they're all, you know, they're all they're all different in their own ways. But the thing that I love the most about, you know, running a local election is it's so um it's so individualized, you know, when you're, when you're running a local election, it's not abstract. It's here are the names and addresses of the voters that we know are going to vote. And we've got to convince them to come vote for our guy and make sure they turn out and vote as opposed to a congressional campaign where you're dealing with, you know, blocks of voters rather than, you know, individuals themselves. Um, it's a challenge, you know, when you've got a list of, you know, actual voters identified that you need to make sure come out and vote and, you know, hopefully vote for your candidate. Um, you know, it, it's certainly a much different challenge. Absolutely. So in Calumet City, um, there's a lot of exciting things going on um, right now. Talk a little bit about the uh, proposal for a casino being located in Cal City. Yeah, we're really excited. We're eagerly awaiting the gaming board's decision. Um, you know, it's the first time that a 
that a gaming license has has been available um, since the last one went to the this group of gaming licenses is the first time that a license has been available since the last one was awarded to um, the village of displays and and the rivers casino at the time that that license was awarded the gaming board voted um, three to two to give the license to displays the two votes that went the other way were to a calumet city proposal back then um you know and since that day i know mayor michelle and you know everybody that works alongside her has been you know pushing to ready a plan and and you know be in a strong position to compete for a south suburban gaming license should it ever come available and now that that day's here you know we believe our plan is is the most solid of all of the other applications from the south suburbs if you look at you know our proximity to the indiana state line um you know you can go to the horseshoe in hammond you know during normal times you know pre-covid and you see you know 65 70 percent of the license plates in the parking garage are illinois license plates so you know, if we want to talk about, you know, where do we put a casino to capture those Illinois dollars and stop them from going over the state line? You know, Calumet City makes perfect, perfect sense um, in terms of having the least impact on existing casinos in the state of Illinois. We're the furthest from Joliet, Aurora, Elgin. You know, we would we would have the least amount of impact on existing Illinois casinos. Um, you know, our plan calls for, you know, 200, 200 million plus dollar project that's already fully funded and ready to go. And I think one of the biggest, you know, benefits that we have is we're the only site that has the ability to have a temporary casino open within 90 days of receiving the license. And so, um, you know, the, the big issue for the state right now is trying to increase revenues from new sources and, and gaming is certainly going to be one of those. And all of the other sites in the South suburbs that are con- competing for this license, um, it's going to be, you know, year and a half, two years before the dollars start coming in because they've got to, you know, construct their facilities. We've got, um, you know, we've got a plan in place that within 90 days of receiving the license, the old Carson's Peary Scott uh, building in River Oaks Mall will be turned into a temporary gaming facility until our casino is built and up and running. And so, you know, those dollars should begin to flow almost immediately. So I think all of those things put together make our proposal and our application, you know, the best and the strongest, you know, for the Southland and for the state. Does uh, Calumet City's proximity to the city limits of Chicago, does that complicate things for you guys? I don't think so. Um, I know the initial round of sites that they were looking at for a Chicago casino, you know, I personally was a little concerned because one of the sites that was mentioned was, you know, the Lake Calumet um, you know, 130th Street area there, which is just a couple miles to the north of us. You know, if they had settled on that site as a Chicago casino, you know, I think that would have hurt our chances in our bid process um, just because, you know, of the proximity there. But I think, you know, ultimately, I think, what you know, wherever the Chicago casino decides, you know, wherever they land on, you know, to build that project, I think, um, you know, their goal is to create, you know, with a Chicago casino, more of an attraction for you know the business traveler the more of a place where you go and you get a $20 martini and you know table limits are higher and things like that whereas you know our project is is a casino that you know would be you know open and available and accessible to everybody very interesting another great thing going on in Calumet City is the um, Riverwalk project can you speak a little bit to that yeah, we're really excited about that. Um, this is a project we've been working on for a number of years. We finally, you know, secured, um, you know, a significant amount of state funding to help us kind of push it along the fin- push it over the finish line. And, um, you know, it's it's scheduled to be open spring of 2021. 
the project is called is called Blues River Run. It's going to be located across Torrance Avenue from the River Oaks Mall, and it's going to contain uh, right on the Little Calumet River. It will contain a canoe launch, a dog park, um, you know, walking paths, you know, nice green space, a little, you know, performance stage. It's going to be a great um, little community, uh, you know, park and, you know, entertainment venue that will draw people from, you know, all over the region. Do you feel like, um, you know, as online shopping has increased, as malls have um, kind of declined, River Oaks Mall still uh, still hanging around. Is it still a big engine for growth for the city? Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the every time, you know, one of the biggest anchors that we have at River Oaks Mall is Macy's and Every time Macy's corporate announces a round of closings, everybody gets nervous that, you know, ours is going to be on the list. But one of the things that's been made very clear to us, um, you know, by the by the folks at Macy's is that, you know, the Calumet City, the River Oaks Macy's is one of the highest um, grossing Macy's stores in the area. And so we don't see them going anywhere anytime soon. As a matter of fact, they just reinvested into their property there. Um, you know, the, the mall, like most malls, has has gone through some tougher times right now. Um, because of the influence of of online shopping and I think you know this year in particular with um, you know the pandemic going on you know everybody does their shopping online I think you know malls in general as a as a business model they've really got to you know try and come up with some ways to be innovative and and capture you know capture some of those shoppers back but um, you know, River Oaks continues to be strong and, you know, hopefully with the addition of, you know, the Southland Live Casino on the site there, um, we'll really, you know, bring River Oaks, you know, back to what everybody remembers it being for years to come. Now, JR, in addition, so you are a political consultant and an elected official. You've been on both sides of campaigns as have I. And one thing I've often talked to um, aspiring candidates is the need or the importance of getting some sort of professional guidance on the campaign side of things. Can you talk about why it's important to hire a political consulting group like your group, the 1833 group? Yeah. Um, you know, anytime you embark on anything in life, you know, you want to have professionals around to, you know, give you guidance. Um, political campaigns are no different. Um, you know, there, there's, a lot of people that have spent a lot of time in this business and have figured out, you know, best practices and, you know, best ways to, you know, to contact voters and best ways to leverage, you know, data and social media and, and all of that kind of stuff, um, you know, to help political campaigns. And so anytime, you know, we talk to a first time candidate who's, who's maybe never been involved in a political campaign before, or maybe they have, but they've never been the candidate themselves. Um, you know, it, it's always important to have professionals there, you know, who have been through it before, who have seen everything that you could possibly imagine, you know, pop up in the course of a campaign and, you know, who can just, you know, help kind of guide you through the process and, you know, get the ship pointed in the right direction. Yeah. Outside of um, a great election attorney, some real uh, strong campaign consultants is something that is a very valuable uh, investment if you are really interested in winning your race. Yeah, hundred um, percent. When you decided to open up your campaign consulting business, you uh, joined what's called the American Association of Political Consultants. Can you speak a little bit about 
what that group is and um, how helpful it, that group in particular is to a candidate in finding a qualified consultant. Yeah, the AAPC is a great organization. It's a bipartisan organization made up of campaign consultants from around the country. Um, you know, we joined it because, you know, the, it, the being a member has a number of advantages. You know, there's always great panels and great speakers, um, you know, about different topics in the industry that, you know, we, we take advantage of and that our staff takes advantage of. You know, they have a great um, national conference every year um, that, you know, is is kind of the, the culmination of the year's work. It, it includes their annual Polly Awards, which are you know, basically the um, the Oscars for the political consulting business. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a number of great regional conferences, you know, every year that you can go to to hear, you know, various people speak and network with other consultants. And, you know, for candidates, um, the AAPC has a great consultant directory. And so, you know, if you're a candidate looking to run for office and, you know, you're looking for a particular consultant, you can go on, um, you know, the AAPC's website, you can go to their consultant lookup and you can, you know, look for exactly what you're looking for. And so, you know, if you're a candidate looking for a Democratic consultant that designs mail, you can, you know, check all the boxes on that and see, you know, who's available, you know, in your area. Um, you know, and so that's been a great, it's a great resource for candidates and it's been a great resource for us um, for business development. And your company exclusively works with Democratic candidates. Is that correct? That's correct. Why, uh, why exclude the Republicans? Uh, my business partner and I are staunch Democrats. We believe in the, the values and the ideals of the Democratic Party. And, and our goal in working with candidates is to elect more good Democrats um, to advance those values. And, and so, you know, our staff, you know, believes the same things. And, you know, that's, that's our purpose. Absolutely. So I want you to, um, I asked you to list two books that you feel have been really important and influential um, to you as our final question. What are they? Yeah, the first one, um, it's a book that was written by um, the famous Democratic consultant James Carville and his wife, uh, Mary Matlin, who is a, a very famous Republican consultant. Um, James Carville was, you know, one of the inspirations behind me, you know, going into a life of campaigning. You know, I was always fascinated with the work that he did on Bill Clinton's 92 race. Um, and, you know, Mary Matlin was on the Bush campaign in 92. And so, you know, it's a book that the two of them wrote after the campaign about, you know, about politics, about presidential politics, about campaigns and about how a married couple, you know, managed to be on opposite sides of, you know, the biggest campaign in the country at the time and, you know, serve their clients well while keeping their marriage, um, you know, going strong. And so, you know, that was always, uh, you know, a really interesting book to me. And the other one, um, you know, a book that I just read more recently was actually the autobiography of uh, President Ulysses S. Grant. Um, I've always been kind of a fan of Grant. Never really, you know, dove too much into his background until, you know, more recently. I've had a little bit more time to to read, obviously, with having to spend more time at home and, you know, less things to do out, you know, out and about. So, um, you know, Grant was an interesting character he he played you know obviously a huge port a huge part in the civil war and um you know after that he played a huge part in um the construction of the transcontinental railroad connecting you know the the two coasts from of the country and you know kind of rooting out the corruption that was rampant along that railroad process and then um you know onto his life as president and in you know post-civil war reconstruction and just reading a book written by him you know 
130, 140 years ago, um, you know, written, you know, in the language of the time. It was just, it was fascinating read for me. Now, did Ulysses Grant serve one or two terms as president? Grant, uh, he was elected in 1868, 1872. Got it. Alderman Patton, where can the people find you um, on the internet? Where can they find information about, you know, the campaign in the election? Um, the, my website is still under construction. As a matter of fact, you just reminded me that I need to ping my web, my web guy again to see where it's at. Um, but you can also, you know, check me out on Facebook. It's just J.R. Patton and we'll have a friends of J.R. Patton Facebook page coming online pretty shortly here as well. And is there, um, is the election in April or is, does Calumet City have a February primary? We have a February primary. And so I have, um, you know, two people running against me in the February primary and nobody that's filed to run in the April general. So, um, February, the February primary will be the day. Well, you have a lot to, um to address because that's right around the corner. I'd like to thank everybody. I'd like to thank J.R. Patton for uh, coming on and talking about his business and his campaign. And hopefully uh, we'll talk again soon, J.R. All right. Thanks, George. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Help George stay on the Chicago Heights City Council. Go and donate today at tinyurl.com slash aldermangeorge2023. Begin to transform your life and work towards inner peace with expert psychotherapy. At True Heights Treatment, our experienced therapists provide personalized, compassionate care to help you overcome life's challenges and reach your goals. Whether you're struggling with depression, anxiety, relationship issues, or other mental health concerns, our team is here to support you. With a warm and welcoming in-person and virtual office atmosphere and a commitment to person-centered and evidence-based treatments, we are dedicated to helping you address your life's challenges. Contact us now to schedule your first session at 708-248-7039 or online at trueheightstx.com. Book your appointment today and start your journey towards a happier, healthier life. Need more George? Like his pages on Facebook. Friends of George Brassy PAC, Fifth Ward Business Alliance, Chicago Heights Bicycle and Pedestrian Resource Center, and the George Brassy Podcast. Mm-hmm.